0: So like during quarantine, (laughs) there were certain times we were like, okay, we got to clean up our diet. And then we were like, we're kind of having fun right now. Like if we stay up until midnight and we want sugar cookies, that's your thing.
1: I don't want to feel shameful. So I'm not going to make the commitment. Right. right. (laughs) And so people right now listening going, what? This is the push podcast. You're supposed to be pushing. Like what I'm saying is, is I, I know that the damage could be done when you start making commitments and you constantly break it and you never get serious.
0: Welcome to The Push Podcast. So if you're juggling all the things, but you're also trying to get to the next level, guess what? You're in the right place. So get ready to be pushed. Hey guys, welcome back to the Push Podcast. I'm Janelle.
1: And this is Eddie. That was, you came in kind of like very... What the
0: hell? Did you just ruin the intro? No. Okay. Well, act lively. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Who are you? Because I was like, hey, this is Chanel.
1: This is Eddie. <laughs> this
0: okay. <laughs> you know, those of you that are married or in a relationship, oh, sometimes there you're go. on the right page. Sometimes you're just completely nowhere near the same book. I just want to know what book you're reading right now.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm reading the right book. What oh, book are you my. reading? <laughs> I,
0: I mean, you literally pointed at me as to go and then you just weren't ready. I, don't I know. was
1: ready. Oh, my God. Anyways,
0: well, this is episode number 50 with the Copelands, (laughs) and today we're going to talk about discipline and willpower, why you might be sucking at both. But before we get into that, I want to talk to you about a quick what in the world. Okay. I was a guest on a podcast the other day. Yeah. Uh, My friend owns Baker's Bodega. Shout out to Manny. Invited me on his podcast. He does this real cool podcast, drinking coffee with bakers, and so they interview different people. He has a co-host, his, this guy's name's Phil, mm-hmm. and he's not actually in the baking industry. He told me he was a general contractor.
1: Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Interesting.
0: He just has a good relationship with Manny, so they have this podcast show and they just have fun and drink coffee at seven o'clock at night. I don't know. I would be up all night long for right. three days if right. I did that. Anyways, so Phil says that he's a general contractor, and I was like, oh, yeah, I'm getting ready to get my house remodeled. We started working on a couple of things and he goes oh yeah it's such a pain in the butt though cuz people think that things are so cheap and i was like really tell me more and he's yeah. like people think oh i want to put in this bathtub and redo my bathroom and then you tell them the price is going to be $25,000 and they freak out and i was like well a couple things to- came to mind so number 1 I think it's fair to say that as a consumer on the other end, if you gave me a quote for $25,000 for my bathroom, I would be like, yeah, that's not my guy, right? (laughs) So immediately that kind of came to mind. Like, yeah, I'm not paying 25 grand for a freaking bathroom, especially when I have three bathrooms to remodel and a kitchen. So- He said, yeah, but if you're picking out like a $20,000 bathtub, then you should know. And I'm like, wait, they make such a thing? Like, I don't understand. Yeah.
1: What is it made out of?
0: So the point is, we got into this huge conversation and I said, I got to tell you, I had about 16 different contractors come over, all of which are business owners. They're Mm -hmm. representing their own business. And most of them sucked at it. I'll just tell you, like the presentation, the sales presentation, I don't think that they realize that they are salespeople trying to land a deal. They're just literally there to hear what you want, give you a bid, and that's it. Right. You take it or leave it. And so he said that. He was like, if you don't want to pay the price, you don't want to pay the price. And immediately my sales sensor went off. <laughs> and I was like, I need to train these people <laughs> on how to close sales. right? Because that's not the mentality that you need to have, whether you're a general contractor, whether you're a plumber, whether you're an exterminator, whether you're a baker. Just saying like the out loud that you think you can just give somebody a price and then it's their decision, whether they want to purchase from you or go with you or not, I think is the ultimate sales fail.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And this is not like I'm not this ragging is not a on dig Phil. On him, right? This, this is... was something that triggered me because so often we work with business owners who kind of have that same mentality, like you know, well, my prices are my prices. Take it or leave it. I'm gonna leave it because <laughs> I think that you need to know how to articulate your value. And so I talked a little bit about that in the episode which was about like, it's your responsibility as a salesperson, as a business owner, to be able to articulate why someone should consider you and your company to invest in, right? Because yeah. I'm not just paying for a bathroom. I'm ultimately deciding whether I want to go with your expensive ass price or somebody cheaper, right?
1: But go- but it's
0: time, it's quality, it's money. Like There's a lot of different things to consider. So really quick, and then I'm going to let you chat, but one of the contractors that came as a referral for two bathrooms and the kitchen, he quoted me $178,000. Like, I could build another house with that. Like, the stuff I want is very basic, right? So, he was by far the highest bid that we got, and he never followed up, didn't give exceptional service. Like, there right. was nothing exceptional that made his company stand out. They didn't have a special app, they didn't have a concierge, they didn't have. Anything different that was a differentiating factor that would have made me say, wow, I feel like I'm going to miss out if I don't give this guy almost $200,000. Like I have to work with him, right?
1: So you're telling me a person wait, offers you wait, and says it's $100,000. Wait, like,
0: hold on. $178,000. Then another guy came and he was like a younger guy, kind of like, he's like, look, uh, my uncle has his general contract license. I'm going to work under him. But I'll tell you what, I'll do your whole house for 17000 I was like, uh, no thanks, right? Because <laughs> you got $178,000 and you got $17,000. There's a huge disparity there, right? right? So the point is, is I'm never going to pick someone who is totally cheaper than everyone else because obviously it just doesn't even seem reasonable. It doesn't seem like you know what you're doing. But I'm never going to go with a company that quotes me 178000 if you don't give me some Amazing, differentiating, like wow factor that shows me why I should do business with you.
1: Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. I said, if someone comes to you and says, I want you to spend $200,000 $200, $200, $200, with me, and I'm not gonna paint a picture, I'm not going to tell you an amazing story, I'm not, going to, I'm not gonna try drawing. to give you, no, I'm, what, no more important because here's the thing, and this is what people need to understand. Like when we teach business, one of the things that is is a simple thing to understand is that this is what sales is. All you're trying to do is convince someone that what you have to offer is more valuable than the money that's in their pocket. Mm -hmm. Right. So I have to value the kitchen, the bathroom, Mm -hmm. whatever you're gonna be building more than I value the money that's in my pocket. That's a simple way to think about it. Mm -hmm. Now now, building that value is not simply just like, oh, I'm going to say, hey, here are all these nice cool things. Building that value is about, hey, let me tell you, let me get a better understanding of what you're trying to accomplish with right. this bathroom. Like, you want a place where a family can come. There's space. They feel comfortable. It's inviting. It's all you those don't different have to sell
0: things. Tell me on it right now. No, I'm just sir. telling you. But I'm,
1: what I'm saying is, is that that what in the world is a very interesting thing because. For someone to say, people don't understand how expensive it is. It makes me want to respond back and says, well, you don't. Well,
0: so I told him, I said, that's not my job. Yeah,
1: you don't understand how much value you're supposed to be providing. Well, I
0: said, that's not my job as a customer to understand the value you're providing. It's your job as the contractor or as the business owner, as a salesperson to let me know what the value is that you're offering. Sell me. Right. And so <laughs> I want to, I wanted to share this for many reasons. And it's not, again, it's not a dig on Phil. I know how frustrating it is to know your value, know your worth. And then you're just like, ah, people don't get it. I get that. But it's also my responsibility as the cake mama to explain to you why when I give you a quote for $598 for a three tier cake, Why if you come back to me and say, oh, wow, that's expensive. My neighbor said she'd do it for 50. I'm going to give you 3.2 million reasons why (laughs) the cake that you're going to get for $50 doesn't even come close to what I'm about to offer you for nearly six. Right. Right. I know that it's my job to get you to feel like major FOMO if you decide that you want to save almost $550 to go with a cheaper option because you're not going to get to be a part of what I have that I could create as far as an experience goes for you, right? Yeah. So the point of this what in the world is to let you know that if you're a consumer, pay attention, are people actually selling you? Because if I'm getting a fence installed in my backyard, I want you to envision it with me. I want you to feel what I'm trying to do. And then I want you to hit me with a price that you feel is fair and reasonable for your services, right? Yeah. And so I think it's important to know if you're a business owner, it is your responsibility. I'm so sick and tired of people saying, people just have no idea what goes into this. Well, shit, they shouldn't because they don't do what you do for a living. Yeah.
1: (laughs) So what in the world are you thinking when you're sitting there going, how come they don't understand the value? Because right. you haven't done a good job. You this haven't is, done a good job this, of
0: explaining exactly. the
1: value. You have to build, you have to create a construct in someone's mind where they go, oh my God, that sounds amazing. Right. And right. then you say, for that amazing thing, it's an equal price that goes along with that. But this is not so much about like, being a consumer or being a business owner, this is a lot to do with just interaction with people, like mm-hmm. when understanding whether you're applying for a job or maybe you're starting something a business. Maybe you're trying to get into a relationship, but of presenting yourself and, and understanding that if you have value, how do you communicate that value mm-hmm. and how do you get people to understand who you are? Well, and it's all mean, about really sales. good sales and presentation skills and things of that nature. So I think those are all important skills. And
0: being really clear, everything you do is sales. Everything. Right now, I was in the middle of cooking, and I was like, honey, I need some zucchini. Sold. And I just looked at you. I'm cooking for you. (laughs) Sold, right? You ran and you got my zucchini. If I'm trying to convince my kids of why they should or shouldn't do something, I'm selling them. Yeah. So everybody that's listening to this, I want you to understand your responsibility when it comes to interactions. You are selling, whether it be selling your best self, whether it be selling a company on why they need to give you more information. Like there's so much sales that uh in in every
1: in 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 every interaction you're trading something, your Mm -hmm. time, your attention, your money for whatever else someone else is presenting. And in this case for dinner, you were I was trading my time to go to the store. So you could eat. So I can eat. (laughs) (laughs) So it was done. I was sold. Right. Right? So
0: so that's my what in the world. It's a good one, <laughs> yeah, right? it's a good one. And again, it wasn't about Phil, but it was just interesting when he brought up the conversation and said that it immediately triggered me to the hundreds of business students we have right. that say the same thing. And then also the 16 or so contractors that I've recently had in my home that I feel did a terrible job in most cases of selling me on why their company should have been selected.
1: And just piss poor follow-up too. Oh, like, terrible. It, it's just like...
0: Okay, so then I have another company that I should I should kind of out this company. I was really excited. They were a referral. They came over. Two guys, super nice. You know, we spent a lot of time they came back over the next day, did some measurements on an iPad. I was like, wow, this is professional. That tells me that it's going to probably be more costly, mm-hmm. right? You guys
1: got equipment and shit. They
0: had equipment. They <laughs> had drivers. They had uniforms, different right. people for different things. And I was really interested. And I was like, okay, if the top bid was 178 what would I be willing to pay these guys? Because I wanted to go with them. So long story short, about seven days goes by, I get no estimate. I send a text to the two guys. Hey, still haven't received an estimate. Hey, so sorry for the delay. Uh, we've been experiencing some issues at the office. We'll get it out to you in the next 48 hours. Seven more days goes by.
1: Wah, wah, wah. Right.
0: And at this point, I'm already knowing I'm not going to do business with them. But I felt so upset that you were a referral. You wasted two days of my time and you didn't even follow up. And I followed up seven days ago. Right. Right. So I sent a message I said, "Hey, I just want to let you know I never received the quote and I also wanted to let you know that I won't be selecting your company to move forward with, you know, my remodel." And he goes, "I'm so sorry. Just what a catastrophe. It's definitely something that we dropped the ball on." Okay, appreciate it. And he follows up with a, "Let us know Janelle if there's anything we can do for you in the future." And I said, "Well, not even speaking about the future i'm talking about now
1: (laughs) my room yeah
0: i had a lot of stuff for you to do but you couldn't even come through on a proposal so how do you propose you be able to help me in the future if you can't help me with this right it was just like an irritating like response that he said to where i asked the question let me know how you plan on helping me in the future if you couldn't even help me with a quote For two weeks and he didn't respond.
1: Yeah. And the thing is, is that kind of leads into our topic. Like you think about the times that people make commitments, Mm -hmm. right? And you make commitments to yourself. Right. And if you make a commitment to someone and you fall short, but then you're at the same time as apologizing for not mm-hmm. following through.
0: Right. All just of
1: a sudden, now you're asking that. for another commitment in the future. Let me know. Right. Right. We let have, me know we, when you want to start we, this diet we, we again. We would able to this commitment, but let me know when you're ready for another commitment because right. I'm sure <laughs> oh. I'm going to show up this next time. Right. Like, it's just like, <laughs> it's like, uh, I don't know if you have the credibility, but right. uh, nice try, my friend. Yeah. Right.
0: And I felt like, I don't want to sound like an ass, but I felt like you needed to know that was a really stupid thing of you to say. <laughs> let me know if we can help you in the future future why would i ever reach out to you if you couldn't help me with this thing no the future's out for you bro
1: we'll show up next time
0: okay so (laughs) speaking of discipline willpower commitments i committed recently to 30 days of yoga right yeah and i've got yoga clothes i've got a yoga mat i've got a yoga space Mm -hmm. i've got yoga apps i've got
1: And yoga is like a meditation. Yoga meditation. Yoga's uh, internal. membership. So you've got yoga inside.
0: I've got (laughs) yoga candles, right? And yet, even though I made the commitment, there's days where I just don't want to do that shit, Mm. right? Yeah. And so what I've really been kind of leaning into is, well, I made a commitment to myself and I get to move my body and it's something I wanted to do to challenge myself. So why would I give up on that then? Yeah. Because that is my personal commitment to myself. And if I can't be good on my own word to myself, then what's it really for?
1: Right. Oh, absolutely. And we've all been there, right? So we've all had a a storied past of making commitments to ourselves and then breaking those commitments. But I don't think we understand like the damage that it can do long term Mm -hmm. because I know that there is a lot of people, even for me, like there's commitments I made to myself that.
0: Like you're not going to have biscuits.
1: I'm not going to have biscuits or I'm not going to have a sugar cookie. Right. (laughs) And I'm not really committed to the commitment. Right. But I make the commitment anyway. And then I end up letting myself down because I I prefer to have something that's good to me Mm -hmm. instead of doing things that are good for me. Which creates shame which creates shame. And then you just say, fuck it. I'll do it again tomorrow. I'm gonna have cookies again. Right. And so you're all just completely thrown off right. because of the fact that you're just, you're struggling with making commitments.
0: Right. And so I think the first step for both of us is we've learned like to say, "Ah, that's not really a commitment I'm willing to be committed to right now. Right. Right? So like during quarantine, there were certain times we were like, okay, we got to clean up our diet. And then we were like, nah. We're kind of having fun right now. Yeah. Like if we stay up yeah. until midnight and we want sugar cookies, that's your thing. I but
1: don't want to feel shameful. So I'm yeah. not going to make the commitment. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> and so people right now listening going, what? This is the push podcast. Right. You're supposed to be pushing. Like what I'm saying is, is I, I know that the damage could be done when you start making commitments and you constantly break it right. and you never get serious.
0: So I think that this episode is about like, I wanted to ask you people yeah. how and what you're doing every day right now, are you doing the things that you think are good for you that make you feel good or the things that are actually good for you, right? Right. Good for you versus feeling good to you. Right,
1: right. So, like, so donuts good, are good to me because I like to eat them. Right. But they're not good for me. Well, they're good
0: to you in taste, they're good to yeah. you in satisfaction, they're good to you because it's a sugary rush, mm-hmm. right? So that's what we mean when we say they're good to you.
1: And, and like when I was in fitness a long time ago, now it seems like a long time ago, like I used to, it's drive me crazy when people like, oh, I'm gonna have a treat. Mm-hmm. I'm like, only dogs have treats, <laughs> right? Humans do not have treats, Wait, right? When Fab
0: and I went bike riding the other day, it was a 22 mile bike ride, right? And we rode 11 miles to get to this restaurant and we were starving. And so we were just like talking about the whole time, talking about this food we were gonna eat when we got there. We were definitely dogs, like, (laughs) right, trying to get to the food. Right. And we get there, and the lady says, There's to be an hour and a half long wait. And we almost started crying. So we looked at each other and we were like, Okay, if we ride 11 miles back, that'll take an hour, and then 30 minute drive to come back, we could make it in an hour and a half. Let's do it. So we start hauling ass, like, to make it to go to the car, which is 30 minutes away, well, an hour ride, right? So then we were like maybe halfway through the bike ride, the 11 miles Mm -hmm. to get back. And the restaurant says, your table is ready. Damn. And she goes, let's turn around and go back. (laughs) I'm like, girl, no, we are already halfway. We've already rode 30 minutes. We may as well ride the rest of the way. And then we'll call them and say, hey, can you hold our table? And she's like faster. I want my fish sticks, right? And I was like, you are not a dog. We are not rewarding ourselves with food. Stop it right now. But it's very often that we say that. Yeah. People come into the cake mamas in their sports bras and sweaty like when pre-covid when yeah. you know, you could go to the gym. And they're like, oh, I just went to the gym. I totally earned a treat. And I'm thinking, I'm happy to sell you a treat. But let me just tell you, you eat one of these cupcakes. It's not nearly what you burned at the yeah. gym right now in 30 minutes.
1: Yeah. And one of the things I learned a long time ago is you can never outwork a bad diet. Never. You can't. And so the key thing is, is to understand the reason why you don't want to treat yourself is because you don't want to condition yourself that you're doing all these good things for you. Mm-hmm. That is the treat itself. Well, you, like, think and I think that that you just are treating cu-
0: yourself to a cupcake after a long workout, you think it's motivation. Right. But it's really uh, debilitating no. yeah. any progress you might ever have. Because right? the
1: feeling of that cupcake is like, oh, that felt so good. Mm-hmm. Right. So now I'm a Not, dog and I now, need yeah. I need treats. And so before you know it you've removed the exercise mm-hmm. or whatever you thought was earning that cupcake right. and you just get right to the treat. Right. right. So before you know it, there's no more workout. It's just, oh, I'm going to have a cupcake because that felt good. Right. And so the key thing is understanding like, hey, there's a time and a place that you say, hey, I'm going to have, I'm going to eat cookies. Yep. Right. Because I want to eat cookies. Right. Not because I earned it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Right. Not because I dog. deserve it. No, just because I want it. Right. right. And and just be Real with yourself.
0: And I think I play it out in my head though. Like, okay, I wanna eat these cookies because I know cookies are good, but really, I also wanna be more fit and yeah. I want my clothes to fit looser. So I have to weigh does the taste of this cookie, you know, this friggin' little tiny ass cookie, one cookie's not gonna be enough. <laughs> wait,
1: but wait. <but>, I, <laughs> I, sometimes when I eat the cookies, I rationalize and go, well, this, I'm a really big man. I mean, I'm 200, 35
0: oh
1: pounds. This little bitty cookie is only 110 calories. Okay. Right? So I can eat nine of them. Right. Oh my God! A thousand calories.
0: You're justifying nine cookies. I I
1: burned three thousand a day. Right. Right. No. But you start to play games with yourself, and you start rationalizing. And I'll tell you, you can
0: be like the biggest supporter of whatever lie or belief you're trying to create, because you literally are saying that. Like right now, you're selling me on why you should be able to eat nine cookies.
1: Yeah, it's only. You're totally convinced. Yeah. And we said this before, it's rationalize. You ration Ration the lies, lies. Mm -hmm. little bitty lies. Little bitty lies don't feel like lies. Mm -mm. They feel like, oh, that doesn't sound So that's kind (laughs) of the
0: discussion of today is like the commitments that you make to yourself, are you withholding those? Mm -hmm. Are you standing behind those commitments, right? And so whether it's 30 days of yoga, by the way, I did that because I'm trying to build discipline with myself around something I'm also trying to practice gratitude, and it makes me feel really thankful daily that I can move my body. Mm-hmm. And yoga's—it feels good, you know. Yeah. Like I figure, if I chose a freaking 90-day T hit training that I have to bounce around and hurt my knees and do all, <laughs> like that's not something you look forward to. But that's more about building the discipline. I think of I'm going to step up to a challenge and do something really, really hard. So I guess what I'm saying to our listeners is create the discipline around staying true to your commitments with something that's going to actually make you feel good.
1: Yeah. And I love that because the key thing too is is not everything is like yoga. Like I think yoga is one of those things that depending on what yoga you're doing throughout it, you feel good. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times the things that are good for you in the process of doing it doesn't feel feel good, good. right? Mm -hmm. It's because you're either it's working out, exercising, maybe it's Studying and you're in school, or maybe mm-hmm. it's at work, you're putting in the extra mm-hmm. effort because you're trying to move up, or maybe it's your business and you're, and you're you know, Working we've been there hours, we're long yeah. And it so those things good. are good for you. Mm-hmm. They just don't feel good. Right. Right. And so I think a lot of times that's why we think that those things that are good to us are treats because they're very different mm-hmm. in that. There's instant gratification. Well, it feels good, feels but good the, to sit the, and watch five the, you know episodes what it of What feels amazing is what? when you've been doing yoga for thirty yeah. days straight or ninety days straight, and you feel like you're you have flexibility. Mm-hmm. You feel like your blood is flowing through your body, and you're healing faster. And you know you've got this amazing cardiovascular health that you feel like I'm breathing better. All those different things. My mindset is more clear. All those things. You know what's funny take to time, me though, but that's the the results of doing things that are good when for I you. When I think
0: of the challenge and when I think of like when 30 days is over, I think, because you know, I'm very visual, I think of a calendar that's got all the days blocked off, they're mm-hmm. color-coded, and that feels really good because I kept yeah. my commitment to myself. Yeah. So I think for you guys, we could do a whole nother episode on this because you could make a commitment to something that's hard because you're trying to exercise the discipline of doing difficult things. I think more people need to do more difficult shit. Oh, absolutely. If you're an introvert, maybe the challenge is say hi to someone or make eye contact with someone once a day. Like you got to do something outside of your comfort zone. I do think that we spend so much of our lives trying to seek comfort and treats. And then we expect to have this problem-free life right? But then boom, you're 30, 40 pounds overweight and you don't know why because you're saying, I've tried every diet. No, you chose comfort consistently versus something that was good for you, which would have been to say no to the cookies and to go to the gym a couple of times a week, right? Or to commit to a yoga challenge. Mm. You were committed to the wrong thing, which got you the result that you don't want.
1: I hope you guys caught that because what you know is super powerful like when you think about, like, I want to point on one thing. Self-esteem is built on the fact that you can live up to your commitments and you can do right by yourself and you mm-hmm. can show yourself real self love. Right. And I think self love is when you do things that are good for you, that are hard, that are strenuous, right, that tax you a little bit, and you feel good because you were able to live up to your commitment. That does wonders for your self esteem. And then for those individuals that and I've been there were I was coming home, playing video games, drinking a beer every day, Mm -hmm. thinking that I'm searching for comfort. That's the comfort I'm looking Mm -hmm. for. But what happens is it doesn't prepare me for the hard things. Mm -hmm. It doesn't prepare me when life throws me a disturbance Mm -hmm. that I've got to respond to because I've been practicing and conditioning comfort. Yeah, right. And so I think that when you pick something like, hey, I'm going to do 30 days of yoga. For me, I'm doing 30 days of videos Mm -hmm. that I'm putting on Instagram because Mm -hmm. I'm just trying to like, Can I stay consistent with this? Mm -hmm. Can I put out content every Mm -hmm. single day? And that feels good. Mm -hmm. It's not easy. Sometimes I'm like, oh my God, I'm running out of time. Mm -hmm. Right. But those are things I think that stretch you, that pull you, and they do something for your self esteem. They make you a greater person.
0: So I want you to think about what your commitment's going to be for the next, let's say, 30 days. Can you commit to exercising discipline and willpower around something that's actually good for you? Yeah. So for you, it's you're trying to build a brand. You're trying to get your name out there. For me, I want to value my mobility as I get older, right? So we're choosing to do challenges that are difficult, require discipline, but things that also you're excited about yeah. that make you feel good, right? They give you something a, a long term, yeah. right? And so think about that the next time you're committing to a diet. Like if I were to say committing to a diet I'd say, this is going to help me show myself that I'm worth it. Yeah. This is going to help me maintain this commitment to myself for 30 days that I'm just going to see if I can not let myself down for 30 days, right? And I think you should talk to people about that. Like enlist help, enlist friends, like tell people what you're trying to do. Because some friends, when it comes to diet, they'll be like, girl, you just eat the hot wings and drink the beer. And if you were to say it in a different way, for 30 days, I'm going to make a commitment to myself just because I'm trying to exercise and build self discipline, right. which is going to help me build my self confidence, yep. which is a form of self love. Can you help me stay focused on the commitment that I'm making to myself? Yeah, I love that's that. different than hey, I'm going to go on a diet and I'm going to starve myself for 30 days and I'm going to go without fried foods, I'm not going to eat sugar, I'm not going to eat like you're just kind of setting yourself up to not have discipline. And instead I'm saying like, you can create the discipline by doing something to make yourself feel proud.
1: And I just love how you put that because you made the discipline more about the why Mm -hmm. around the self-love and self-care instead of just, I'm gonna lay out all these restrictions and I'm just gonna like stay away from these things or I'm gonna try to avoid all of these things that are bad for me, which when it comes down to it, when your willpower runs out and it will, Mm -hmm. because your willpower is weak. Because here's the thing, if you're disciplined all day, by the time the end of the day comes, like you're tired and your willpower is diminished. Mm -hmm. And so that's when you start to eat foods that you don't want to eat. You start to do things that you don't want to do because your willpower is weakened. The key thing is to say the only way you can get past that is that you've grounded it in something that's greater than just, Mm -hmm. I'm not going to eat sugar. I've grounded it in the fact that I'm trying to show myself the ultimate self-love and self-care by doing things that are good Mm -hmm. for me that are hard and I'm going to enlist other people around me and let them know that this is what I'm trying to do because hopefully the people around you are supportive and mm-hmm. they're going to support you through that.
0: And if you try to attack a diet just or approach a diet with all of the things you can't have, I'm going to tell you you're going to fail Yeah, because it just doesn't feel good to live a life of restriction, right? But if you said, for 30 days, I'm going to cut out sugar and replace it with fuel because my body has become accustomed To living on Starbucks or cupcakes or whatever. And I know that long term that's not good for me. So I'm just going to commit to 30 days fueling my body with things that make me feel good and I'm going to see what happens. Yeah. Totally different than I can't have this. I can't have this. I can't have this. What can you have? You can have berries. Right. You can have coconut shreds or dark chocolate. All of the things that you can have that would be better fuel would still curb your sweet tooth.
1: Yeah. And I think that's a big one is making sure that you're looking at it from an empowering standpoint. What can I have? Mm-hmm. Well, on this diet, I can have these things and that makes me excited. But if you're focusing on what you can't have, then you've limited your menu completely. And then all of a sudden you feel like I can't have anything and then you, then you feel yeah. miserable. So I, but I read th-
0: this thing really quick. I want to share it because it's what you're talking about. So apparently there are three types of discipline preventative discipline, supportive discipline, and corrective discipline. Mm. I think if you think about that, you want to try to cover all bases when you're doing any sort of challenge or commitment to yourself, right? So preventative would be, I'm throwing all the shit out that I can't eat.
1: Well, I was going to say that too, because you said I'm going to do keto, right? Uh-huh. And the one thing you have not bought is you have not bought those coconut mother's cookies.
0: Yeah, I don't buy any of the stuff I'm not right. really but, going but that's to eat. A, but
1: so when you think about the preventative <laughs> discipline, is making sure you're not setting yourself. Like one of the things I think that's important is that like 20% of those actions that you take to prevent will help you 80% of the way,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? So not buying the crappy foods if you're trying to go on a good diet, right? Yeah, just
0: don't put yourself in that yeah, situation. Maybe
1: maybe it's discipline is around negative thinking. So, hey, I'm gonna make sure I don't get around negative people, mm-hmm. right? So
0: I'm all for that. Like
1: all those little things I think help, build your ability to actually come through and and stay with your commitment. Yeah, so
0: preventative measures are important if you're setting out to make a commitment to yourself. The next thing is supportive. Like I know that lots of people, women in particular that want to lose weight, they're afraid to declare it. They're afraid Mm. to be public about it. I will just tell you for the sake of growing your social media, if you ever wanted people to be a part of following a journey, a fitness journey and a before and after picture That makes you feel really uncomfortable and really insecure. People want to cheer you on. Like, do you know transformation photos are some of the most shared photos? They're some of the most commented and liked and cheered on photos Mm -hmm. because people want to see what's possible for them, right?
1: Yeah. It was so funny you said that because I was reading this thing today where it said these executives at a very, very prominent financial firm Mm -hmm. do these feedback sessions basically and with the executives. And so they basically record a conversation. And whoever is leading the conversation is talking about their failures and their weaknesses. Mm -hmm. And this is broadcasted to the entire company.
0: Oh, wow.
1: Right. So the executives go out and they have a conversation and they basically say that we have what most people would call humiliation time. Mm -hmm. And but it's actually where we get the most growth. Mm. And so this executive is basically saying, you know, one of the things that I was doing wrong was I was micromanaging my team and, you know, the CEO gave me feedback and basically said, hey you manage people, not tasks. And mm-hmm. when you micromanage, you're managing the tasks, not the people. And it was like, gave him this really good feedback. Mm-hmm. And then he was like, oh, okay. But, and then he verbalized all of his weaknesses. And he just said, I'm just not good with people. And mm-hmm. I need to work on getting better at people. So basically he put it out there and proclaimed what he was needed to get better at. Mm-hmm. But that gives you a tremendous amount of growth, especially when you're thinking about like, hey, I want a weight loss goal. And I need to put myself out there.
0: Okay. I didn't know where you were going with that. So supportive. Like that's what we were saying. Right. So who do you have that's willing to give you uncomfortable feedback, maybe? Right.
1: Who's able to be to be real with you to say, hey, you know you're not supposed to have that, right? right. You promised yourself, you right. made a commitment.
0: So what's interesting though with the social media thing, I shared the 30-day yoga challenge on social media. So many people are messaging me like, Hey, what app are you using? Or, you know, how can I where should I sign up for one? I'm like, well, just make a commitment to yourself. People are asking if they could come over and do yoga with me. No, it's just a private time commitment, <laughs> right? But the point is, is I think if you share socially and you're verbal about what you're trying to do, the support will be there. But women in particular, they just don't like to like set themselves up for failure. That's an indicator right there that you don't even trust yourself to be committed to something. Yeah. So I think supportive measures are really important, right? And then last is corrective, which I think is more along the lines of what you were saying about the CEO being able to say, "Hey, you're no, you're not really good with people. This is what you do with them." Like something about corrective discipline, right? So that's
1: probably the hardest thing for, especially people out there that struggle with their weight or they mm-hmm. struggle with things, is that there's so much shame with that mm-hmm. that people are feel like they can't talk about it, mm-hmm. right? And so. When if you're with someone that is struggles with their weight, mm-hmm. having this delicate conversation that you're trying to help a friend because you've seen that, hey, maybe they're getting a little out of control and it looks unhealthy mm-hmm. and you can't course correct them. You can't give yeah. them corrective you know discipline in that, in that sense. That's hard, mm-hmm. right? And But people set that up. They built these walls all around them to protect them from something they, that they've are gained shame from, right? right? And so- it's, well, another form of
0: like corrective discipline in my mind, I'm thinking like there's an app, uh, there's several apps where you can track your weight, right? And maybe you don't want to weigh yourself every day, cause especially like if I eat salt, I'm going to retain water. But I do, for the most part, like every other day, weigh myself just to kind of track it, just to see like I usually fluctuate about five pounds. But if I'm doing yoga, eating healthy, obviously I should be losing and decreasing without even trying, right? So a corrective measure would be, or corrective discipline would be, I'm tracking it. I see it on a bar graph. Again, Mm -hmm. I'm visual, right? So if I've been tracking my weight for 60 days and it's all over the freaking place, then at some point I got to step back and say, okay, what am I doing here as far as consistency? Why isn't the needle moving in a direction that I want it to go? And so I think, again, for me visually, being able to look at that is a corrective measure for me to say, well, you got to get your shit together because. Well, yeah.
1: And not only that, but maybe you're following the wrong plan. Right. Right. If it's. Well,
0: I'm saying it's course corrective. Yeah. You need to do something corrective right now because here's an indicator that it's not going in the direction you right. want it to go in. So that's where we're going to leave you right now is what indicators is life giving you? That maybe a particular category in your life is not going in the right direction. Is it your finances? Your bank account should tell you that, right? Is it your relationship with your kids? Is it a relationship with your marriage? Is it your health? Is it yeah? That would be reflected in what is in in indicators cabinet. don't
1: mean quit. These indicators no. don't Corrective mean stop. Discipline it means correct like. Right. Change course, Mm -hmm. modify, adjust things, and I think that that's important because I think when people, when it comes to those things you mentioned, they just stop. Yeah, when things, when there's indicators that say commit. Right, we've been going to therapy for our marriage, and it doesn't seem to be working. Mm -hmm. Right, good. Adjust.
0: Yep. Do something different. (laughs) That's a corrective discipline you need to have right now. Correct the fact that it's not working. Find something else. Right. So I hope this was helpful for you guys. It wasn't supposed to cause any shame. It's also like we want to inspire you to get better at something, like be committed to something. I promise you that if you stay committed to something and you can see the little checkoff chart and your needle got moved in the right direction, you're going to build self-discipline, which is a form of self-love, which is a form of confidence, and you're going to feel a lot better. So absolutely. cheers to pushing through. Stay committed.
1: Go get it. Thank you for listening to the Push Podcast.